Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From the studio in Sun City, Arizona Boomer Radio presents Wealth DNA with Ron the Ronald Naraki. Wealth DNA gives you insights and methods for increasing your net worth. Ron's experience dealing with local and international markets give him insights that can be valuable to any investor. Now here's the host of the show, Ron Naraki. Hello and welcome to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. We're honored that you're joining us today. Now whether you are in the western U.S. or Canada where our guest happens to be and you're having a cup of coffee or you're on the east coast getting ready for lunch or in Europe where I recently was and you're pouring a glass of wine or you're even listening to the archive of the show, I'm sure you'll be glad you join us. I have many questions for our guest and we welcome questions from you and our other listeners, unless of course you're on the archive. Now, the advantage of joining us during the live show is you get to ask questions or make comments, and uh, you can do that either using the chat window below the radio player, and I, that should be coming up here very shortly, or by calling in, and the number is at the top of the screen. I will share it with you very shortly. Now, if you're listening to the archive, neither of those options will work. Now, on the other hand, listening to the archive, especially 10 or 20 years in the future, you'll have history to test out what you hear from our guest today. Now, our topic today is investing in gold and other precious metals, and specifically an update given the dramatic moves in precious metal prices in 2013. Our special guest is Jack A. Bass, who regular listeners will recognize as a returning guest. He last joined us in February of 2013. Now, as that was as a key part of our series on alternative investments, since precious metals are indeed very important alternative investments. Now, given that we have him back on in just six months, you probably realize there must have been some pretty dramatic price movements that motivated me to have him join us again today. Now, as I often do, I'd like to put investing in precious metals in a little bit of perspective versus other alternative investments. One of my favorite alternative investments is a direct investment in real estate, and specifically my expertise is in residential. Now, during our show discussing investing in rental properties, I provided a list of over 30 skills or capabilities an investor has to have or to rely on others to provide. Now, I stress that the most important of those capabilities is cash reserves. So I thought I'd share a recent occurrence in the real estate fund I run to emphasize that point. And just importantly, to emphasize the need for a combination of income-generating assets and assets that provide price appreciation. As we'll discuss in a lot more detail today, gold and precious metals are clearly assets that provide price appreciation. They clearly don't provide any regular income. For that matter, if you own the physical metal, you might even spend a little each month to securely store that asset. Now, your secondary motivation 
for investing in precious metals would be as a hedge against inflation and geopolitical catastrophes, which happen every once in a while. We just can't predict them. Now, when you own rental properties, your primary investment motivation should be income generation, just like holding bonds or mortgage notes. Now, your secondary motivations will include price appreciation and tax deductions above and beyond your operating costs. Now, I'd like to contrast what a bad month might be for an investor who owns gold versus owning a rental property. See, the gold investor, and incidentally, I happen to have a significant portion of my portfolio in gold and other precious metals. Gold has seen, a, well, precious metals in general have seen a number of bad months since the prices peaked just about two years ago. A bad month is one in which the price of gold is declining, and keep in mind, it's not generating interest or dividend income in the meantime. Chances are, if you're investing in gold, you are not counting on that gold for paying your groceries, utilities, or the fuel for your vehicle. So as a gold investor, you have to decide in that bad month where do you hold and wait for prices to rise again, or to add to your holdings when prices are lower, which they are in a bad month. Now let's contrast that to the rental property investor. In my fund, we had a bad month in August, and this could have been any landlord's experience. You see, we didn't receive over $8,000 in rental income we budgeted for August. Essentially, our largest client with seven condominium-style units defaulted, and we had another property vacant. So in addition to that $8,000 we didn't receive, we're incurring about $7,000 in renovation costs for that vacant property, so a lease-to-own client would be able to move in this week. So our investment in those rental properties not only didn't provide the income we expected, but it required us to have $15,000 of funds available to pay our renovation and operating expenses in August. Now, most investors would have to sell stocks or bonds to cover that loss, which just might have been a good idea in August. Now, that's one of the issues an investor in gold doesn't have to worry about, namely having cash reserves in a bad month, unless, of course, they buy gold or gold futures on margin, whereas an investor in rental real estate has to be prepared to invest more money during a bad month. Now, the key question I'd like to ask you to think about during this show is, does that make gold a uh, better investment than rental real estate? As I mentioned, they both have risk. I referred to it today as a bad month. But you should know the definition of risk is the returns are different than what you expected. Now, in both cases, investing in gold or rental properties, according to Eddie Speed, one of our past guests, During those bad months, you got experience. You may recall his definition as, experience is what you get when you expect it, something different. So as a gold investor, I had a number of bad months in the past few years, and as a real estate investor, I had a particularly bad month in August. Now, for someone just starting their investing career, those two examples of bad months might just be enough to scare them away from ever investing, but I'm sure you, as a listener, will review it positively as learning from my experience. Now, regular listeners to the Wealth DNA Radio Show know that our objective here is to help one million people become millionaires and certainly hope you'll be one of those millionaires or multi-millionaires by learning from not just my experience, but also from the many talented guests who bring lots of experience, especially 
by Eddie Speed's definition. The good news for our regular listeners is they avoided having some really bad months recently since they were forewarned many times to exit or decrease their holding in bonds. If you're a new listener and you're among those who've seen your bond values decline significantly, first, welcome. And secondly, we hope you can help Uh, we can help you find good alternatives for the money you'll be pulling out of bonds today or in the next few months. And you certainly would want to go back and listen to the shows we had on alternative investments, including our earlier show with Jack Bass. You'll find them on the archive. Today is August 26th. It's 9.07 a.m. in Arizona and Western Canada. It's 12.07 p.m. on the East Coast and 18.07 in continental Europe the only day ever like it, so we'll do everything possible to make it a good one. You're listening to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. This show airs every second and fourth Monday at 9 a.m. in Arizona. Now, I certainly hope you can join us each time we air, but if you miss a show like the one in February of 2013 with Jack Bass, you can find it on the archives. Just go to www.wealthdna.us, where we list each of the shows, both upcoming and archived. And where you'll find the shows on alternative investments I mentioned earlier. Now, we welcome your comments and questions during the show, and I do not see our our chat window open. Pete, hopefully you are paying attention and going to get that chat window up, or maybe I just need to refresh. I will recheck that occasionally. We have this cache problem with, uh, with uh, Internet pages, but I don't see it at the moment. But uh, hopefully that will be up shortly. The... Uh, uh, phone number to call in is 917-388-4162, which is also shown at the top of the screen. Now, the U.S. equity markets, after three choppy and down weeks, are off to a positive start. Asia was mixed. China up a lot. Europe, which is closed, was mixed, and Brazil is down today. Now, given our topic, I should add that the precious metal markets have been up over 16% in the last two months. And today, gold is flat, and silver is up another 1.5%. Now, where are gold prices headed? Well, let's not guess. Let's bring on one of our experts on investing in gold, our special guest today, Jack A. Bass, one of the Canada's foremost economists. He forecasts the dramatic rise in the price of gold and the fall in natural gas prices. Jack was educated in economics and law. He wrote the Gold Investor's Handbook, I highly recommend, and the Apprentice Millionaire Portfolio. Let's give a warm radio welcome to Jack Bass. Welcome back, Jack. I'm glad you could join us today. It's great to be with you. Now, I gave a brief overview of your background, Jack, and and you were on the show before, but we've got new listeners that tune in. So how do you introduce yourself when you meet a new group of investors? Well, I I really uh, have to say that I do introduce myself as a management consultant because that's my main area of concentration, my day job. Mm -hmm. And so um, what I do is I work with small and medium companies. Most of them are in either some amount of difficulty or they're experiencing growth pains where they have to bring me as a management consultant to uh, put the – uh, ship right on the on the right course. The same is true for the portfolios. I have um, managed accounts that I assist people on. Uh, I have a background, as you know, uh, I've written four or five books on investments, and the latest one on gold and the portfolio mm-hmm. helps people get a strategy, an overall view. And if you have the time, I'll tell you what, in three steps, 
what I recommend people to do, and this is my background in economics. First of all, you have to have a picture of where the economy is, and that for mm-hmm. Americans is where is the American economy in relation to the world economy. Then secondly, uh, having that picture, what sectors are going to do best in the scenarios you oversee or are looking out, I would say, three to five years. Beyond that really is is guesswork. It's it's a crystal ball. So in the short term, you can see that what is happening today is going to happen tomorrow. You can project that out for three to five years. What sectors will do best? And what sectors will you avoid in that time frame? And then finally, you drill down in those sectors, what are the best stocks to own and what are the stocks to avoid? Okay. All right. That that sounds like a good framework we can use even during this show, so I will try to stick with that. Now, one of the books, as you mentioned, uh, and I mentioned the Gold Investor's Handbook, give us a thumbnail sketch. If a reader uh, picks up that book, reads through it, what are some of the key points they're going to learn in reading that book? Well, I'm following through with what I just said. I give an overview on where I think the economy is today and mm-hmm. where it's headed. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you have a selection of of uh, possibilities. Now, that ranges for the conservative investor from the uh, exchange-traded funds mm-hmm. to actually owning, physically owning gold and silver. I tell them how to go about and what I would do in, in each of those areas. And then I have a listing and a description of roughly 70 stocks that I would recommend. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you've still got to do, regardless of, of how highly you may value my opinion, you still must do your own homework. In sure. the end of it, other than managed accounts, I am not going to be able to guide you. You're going mm-hmm. to follow your own advice and you are responsible for either the gains or the losses. Most people are triumph uh, at the cocktail parties on well they did, but they tend to ignore their, their own history. <laughs> Very important Very. to be objective about uh, what you're doing. You're absolutely right. Now, so that our listeners can do a little research during the show, how do they get more information sure. about Jack Bass, your newsletters, your company? Okay. Um, the simplest way is, is our main site is www jack bass team j a c k b a s s t e a m dot com and that i have on sidebars uh my biography uh a number of um, topics such as uh, on obama where i think the direction is with with the obama economy and then um you can go from there to my uh, stock market blogs which are Triple uh, W again dot AMP two zero one two dot com and AMP Gold Portfolio dot com, and that will give you uh, on a, on a daily basis will give you some stock updates and and ideas. And I'm always open, uh, even today the the people who are listening, you can write me at info at jackbassteam dot com and. Uh, uh, I'll try and answer directly uh, within two days of, of re- receipt of an email. Okay, very good. And the AMP is just like Apprentice Millionaire Portfolio. Exactly right. Okay, so just in case somebody, because the, the letters sometimes are hard to tell in, in, in audio. Oh, yeah, and I should you tell you, message. both those sure. books are in print. The, uh, mm-hmm. the Apprentice Millionaire Portfolio and the Apprentice Millionaire um Gold Investor's Handbook are available at Amazon.com. Just Amazon.com 
and go to books and then type in which book you want or my name, Jack A. Bass. There you go. All right, now I recently did a summary of the shows we've had on alternative investments to date, and we'll still have a few more. I gave my best view of the answers to 10 kind of key questions most investors would ask. Would it be okay if I ask you each of those 10 questions related to gold to get an expert's opinion? You can ask what you want. I don't know if you'll be happy with the answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, that's what I want to do, and what our listeners want is they want uh, opinions from people following these markets, and you clearly do. What is investing in gold? And I think you touched on this, but uh, but go ahead and, and, and answer that question. What, what do we mean by investing in gold? How do we do that? All right. There are a number of aspects uh, that you want. You physically can own gold. And there are funds available that they, buy, they take your money, they buy gold. But there's a great controversy whether they actually own the gold they say they do. So for small investors, and I'm talking about owning $50,000 or less of gold mm-hmm. or silver, what you want to do is have that in your possession and have that in a bank vault that you control. Then there's no uh, worry about gold not being there when you need it, and there's mm-hmm. no worry about... Uh, the rising or falling price of of an ETF or any other portfolio. You would actually control it. Physically, though, uh, $50,000 worth of gold is rather a small amount. You can put it in a small safety deposit box. Mm -hmm. In silver, it's a much larger amount because the the, uh, cost of an ounce of silver is so much less than the cost of the ounce of gold. More than that, and I'm suggesting every portfolio would be 10 to 25% gold and silver. More than that, you want to own either ETFs, and they're the, the largest, the SVDRs, the spiders, are well-documented, they're well-researched, they're governed by American securities law. I think that you're reasonably safe in that. And then you can track those on a daily basis. If you, again, have more money, and a little more risk-oriented, then Mm -hmm. you go to individual stocks, both silver and gold. Now, let me tell you what I'm doing today. Today I am telling people, stay away from exploration companies, stay away from the very small miners who have either no production today or hope to have production sometime in the years to come. They are finding it nearly impossible to raise money. They may not have a mine in the future, or the costs are so large they won't be profitable, even at today's prices. So I've I've had to rather switch from the more of the risk-orientated or speculative into a much more, I would say, conservative portfolio. And those are the biggest names, such as Barrick. Today, Barrick has taken a, a huge tumble uh, uh, that is over the next uh, last few months because it's made a, a terrible mistake by a multi-billion dollar expansion of mines that aren't yet producing. So today it's a bargain. You can get it okay. at $20 where you would have paid double that two years ago. Okay. Now, I'm sure you're familiar with the investment pyramid, which we've talked about on this show, and and let's not confuse it with a pyramid scheme, where the base of that pyramid, the first level, should be in the safest investments that are are readily available in liquid cash, money markets, insurance policies, those kinds of things, the second level in safe fixed income investments, and then the top level could be fourth or fifth, depending on how you draw your pyramid, 
would be in some of the high risk, high return. Where does gold belong? That's my second key question. Where does gold belong in that pyramid? Well, Ron, I, I think we may disagree on this. I, I view gold as speculative in this sense. Once okay. you get beyond the insurance factor, and I think having 10% in gold is insurance. You're not okay. concerned about the price. You're concerned about inflation, world crises, the interference of, a, of the government in your portfolio or your assets. Beyond that 10%, which is insurance. And remember, mm -hmm. when you buy life insurance, you in your lifetime are not going to collect on that policy. That's so beyond, beyond that 10%, which I see as, as low risk, beyond mm -hmm. that is much higher risk. There's no guarantee tomorrow that gold doesn't collapse. I don't expect it to, but there mm -hmm. isn't a guarantee. So it, I would put it fairly high on risk because it, okay. it goes with the stock market, it goes with economic cycles in there. They're really um, a, a kind of game, dangerous ground. Gotcha. Okay, so where my response was kind of at the third level, what you're saying is some of it might be at the first or second level where it is just pure insurance against something going wrong, uh, much like a life insurance policy, and then the rest would be in the top levels. Uh, I speculate. Okay, good. No, I you know, I can't disagree with you on that. I think it's a it's, it's a, maybe a better way to view it than kind of putting it in the middle ground where I where I put it. Uh, now you mentioned you put around uh, you would say about ten to twenty five percent on everybody's portfolio. That's right. Ten percent is insurance. Beyond that, depending on your own capability, is you are now investing in the stock market in gold and silver stocks that you you think will do well. And as I said, because we're now less speculative than we were in the past, we're looking at producing mines. We're looking at their costs to make sure that their costs are rising quite dramatically in mining. There's a shortage mm -hmm. of, of men, uh, like skilled labor. Correct. There's a shortage of material. And there's a country risk, depending where, the, where your, your mining uh, or your mines are located. So uh, I'm looking at that as, as more risky, but... You can eliminate the risk by doing your research. So you have a copy of my book, The Gold Investor's Handbook. You have 70 individual stocks. You have a dozen ETFs, and you have precious metals that you can buy yourself. So there's a wide variety of investments to protect yourself from that risk. And the fact that they're in the book means they have been around longer than a month or two. So that's, that already gives them that, some That's some right. Stability. I also give... For each one of them, I back them up with the uh, the um, information on the on the mine, but also uh, website. So you, again, I, mm -hmm. I tell people you do your own homework. There, lots of this material is available to you if you'll do the digging. If not, then then you can rely on my and my book and, and making those kind of lining those selections up with what your uh, you see as your strategy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, last time we were on the show, we talked about gold moving in, in fairly long cycles. What would you say is a typical length of that cycle where gold declines, let's say, from the 80s down for a number of years, and then it's been heading up, of course, recently, and then back down a little bit? But what's a what's a typical cycle look like for gold? It's not a year or two or four years. They are much longer, no. correct? You're looking at decade, a decade long, if not a couple of decades. Remember, 1980. Gold surged to $800, mm -hmm. but uh, nearly 20 years later, 1999, it was at 280. So there's a, a two-decade decline in gold, and then there's kind of a, uh, a, uh, a resurgence. 
So we had a high achieved, and I've got a note of it, September the 6th, 2011, $1,922 an ounce. And then Mm -hmm. in the last few months and years, we've seen a slow, steady decline down to the $1,400 level, what it is today. I am looking at the next three years as a small increase, but a steady increase in the price of gold. I can't go out much longer than that. I think really that is like gazing in a crystal ball. And as a management consultant, I can tell you I do forecasts for businesses for Mm -hmm. three years out and for five years. But I'm telling them at the five-year point, you are guessing. Reasonably to say that gold will rise for the next three years and be a great investment in great stocks, not in every stock. Okay, fair enough. Now, before going back to the 10 questions, we just had this three-year period gold outperform the stock market, as you mentioned, from 2008 through right. 2011. Then a two-year period where it's declined. Uh, does that give us past clues because of these long cycles? I mean, does that sound like we've just basically had a uh, correction during a, a longer increase in prices? We've had a correction in the prices, just exactly what you said. But Mm -hmm. also, I think people are realigning their thinking. We used to say that gold will be a great uh, asset to have for inflation protection. But we've enjoyed a price rise when there's virtually been no inflation after Mm -hmm. the 2008 collapse in the markets. Yet gold has done very well for that time. Now, with the tapering, the QE3 coming to an ending, mm-hmm. it may be that gold is going to be affected by this, the, the American politics. Yet what we would have predicted with all of the QE billions of dollars going into the market every uh, month, we Correct. would have predicted that there would be massive inflation in the United States and in the world because uh, most central banks followed the lead of the U.S. In, in pumping up their economies with printing money. But that did not happen. There was no inflation, yet the price of gold did go, do reasonably well and has now declined, even as we see that, that inflation, uh, the printing presses, are going to be coming to what they call a taper. They're going to mm-hmm. gradually reduce the amount of paper money they keep printing every month. And yet gold hasn't responded. We, 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 so we are realigning our thinking and thinking maybe this wasn't the great inflation protection and what I am predicting, and again, remember, I'm a management mm-hmm. consultant with small and medium businesses. Businesses are recovering. The economy is recovering. The general stock market is going to do very well in the next, I would say, three to five years, because as inflation picks up a bit, pricing uh, is able to be Uh, passed on to the consumer. So Mm -hmm. if you're a company, you're going to be able to raise your prices. Your profits will be greater. Greater profits equal a rise in the stock market. A rise in the stock market gives an alternative to gold and silver. Just exactly what you mentioned at at the outset, gold does not provide any income during the month that you've held it. And the stock market, with dividend-paying stocks, will provide a great alternative because not only are there stocks available with dividends, but I expect in the next few years you'll see a constant rise in dividend payouts, and that will uh, really buffet gold and silver because the alternative is going to be very attractive. 
Okay. Let me, on that note, remind our listeners you're tuned to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. I look forward to you joining us every second and fourth Monday. Now, if you've missed some of the prior shows, like the ones we did on alternative investments, you want to re-listen to them, we maintain an archive of shows on www.wealthdna.us. Now, if you'd like to get an email reminder of the above shows, of the of the uh, shows that are upcoming, rather is the word I was looking for, you can do uh, one of two things. Send me an email, ron at wealthdna.us or at the top of the screen there is a picture of the woman and the babe. There is a follow button. Click there. They'll keep you informed. Now, a reminder during the uh, show, and uh, it looks like today it's not going to work. It does not look like the chat window is up. I don't know if it's a technical issue or our uh, producer uh, took, a, took a little nap here, but I don't see the chat window, so you may not be able to get your comments in during the show. You always can send me an email at that address, and I will get those questions answered, whether myself or Jack uh, will answer for you. Now, a topic. Uh, our topic today is update on investing in gold, which we're discussing with Jack A. Bass, an economist, author, newsletter writer, and a management consultant. He also happens to be an expert in investing in gold, having written a book on the topic. Jack, we've seen a uh, dramatic uptick in gold prices, as, as, as I mentioned, uh, 16% in the last uh, couple months. Uh, what have you been telling your readers about that rather sudden uptick? Well, what I'm seeing is that, that uh, gold had a sell-off. Now, uh, and I think you're going to be bringing this up with me, is mm-hmm. there's an argument over how much manipulation there is in the price of gold. We yes. saw a dramatic fall down. A lot of people were arguing that this was manipulation. Hang in there. Uh, I don't hang in there. From 1900 uh, an ounce to $1,400 is a dramatic drop. So are more speculative stocks we sold out. And as mm-hmm. I said, I have some management accounts. We got out of those. What I'm looking now is for a recovery beyond, I think, that we're bumping up to 1400 We're going to pass that and go on. And what happens, of course, this is psychology. People see the price falling. They sell. They're now right. seeing the price rising. They're getting back in. We're going to take advantage of that. But we're going to the better stocks not the hickle-pickle nickels, not mm-hmm. some cow pasture in, in uh, Mexico that they're hoping to find something, but the better stocks like Kinross and the Yamahas of the world, uh, Yamana uh, Gold and Barragold that I mentioned before. These are excellent values. We have dividend plays there, and the dividends are going to expand, uh, I think, over the next few years. So you get a wonderful um, chance to, to pick up some good money at a time when gold is just starting a recovery. But it won't go back to $2,000 very quickly. What we're going to see, I think, is a slow rise as people come back to the gold sector. It takes a time for the people who have been burned when gold dropped sure. from 1900 to 1300 to recover or to forget about what happened and, mm-hmm. and then to say, I've got to put some of my money back into that sector. They're still licking their wounds. Let me go back to the questions so I don't forget to cover those, because this is one of my had a tougher time answering. Uh, This was the third key question. What are the typical annual returns for gold? You know, there aren't aren't such things, because what you're asking for is, uh, if I put money in gold, will I get a 3% dividend? most, Most gold as a sector doesn't allow that. Individual stocks... You can you can take a look at their chart and see that over time, yes, they do they do have a an average 
but I would suggest to you that that, that at least for me, it, it's not possible to say uh, to give a prediction. Otherwise, I'd be saying gold will rise at this rate forever, and I don't think that that will happen. There, there's a certainty I believe that gold uh, over the next five years may cross two thousand dollars, but given that it, it is it is an equal um, likelihood that gold will rise just as we've seen and then get hammered again as as the uh, as the economy recovers and this is my great fear as the economy recovers mm-hmm. there are so many good alternatives to it you yourself are in real estate in Arizona Correct. so you've seen the, the a horrible market over the last few years now recovering dramatically and That's for true. every investor that has that has bought a house or property in in Arizona, they've likely uh, weighed the alternatives and said property will exceed the stock market or will exceed gold, and that's what they've gone to. And my fear for the general gold sector is the alternatives are going to be very attractive. Okay. And I think you just touched on a little bit of this, but key question number four uh, was what are the risks of investing in gold? Okay. The, the main risk is, I think, geopolitical. You have a, uh, um, a government that, and, and uh, this is kind of on the outside, but remember under FDR what they always bring up is at one right. time Americans could not own gold. Exactly. So there is that likelihood if, if gold upsets the central banking system, that there are the politicians will enter into the fray and uh, circumvent the free market. So there is a fear of that. So if you own gold and you have it in your own possession, um, you may have to report what you have, what you own. If uh, and and this is a, the other likelihood is is that we've seen with the LIBOR rate, the interbank rate set right. in England, that this was manipulated. Yes. Well, the, there, that may be true and, and is likely true of gold. Wherever there's money to be made, people mm-hmm. try to game the system. So you and I, as small investors, we're really at the mercy of these larger players. It's not likely that, that we will ever be in position as Barrick uh, Gold is, of producing or having control of 7 million new ounces every year. So what Barrick decides for us as to gold mining we simply take our medicine. So there's a great risk that other people are controlling what you have, even in the small companies. I'm a great fan of B to Gold, which is BTO uh, on Canada. I think it's BGT in America. Okay. It's a terrific management. But every day that goes by, if you own shares as I do in that particular company, mm-hmm. that management is deciding for me how my investment is doing. They don't ask me if they should be buying or selling uh, in Mexico. They don't ask me whether they should merge with a particular company. So uh, as with most investments, other people are deciding your fate. So you've got to be very confident in management. You can assess the management, and that's why I'm, I'm saying in, the, in this new era, go with good management, go with a good history uh, and where Barrick has had a poor history, you go with the fact that you're buying it at a discount and that they've uh, had their, if, if you'll excuse me, their come-to-Jesus moment and cleaned mm-hmm. up their acts. So there's lots of good possibilities. But the, the geopolitical situation, the, the crisis in Syria, 
the crisis in Egypt, civil war may be looming there, the radical Islam trying to drag back a large segment of humanity into, uh, into the medieval times, those all affect you, and yet you're, they're beyond your control. You only do a, right. an assessment of where they're going. In gold today, we would have expected to see a much larger rise given the geopolitics that are happening in the world today. And so yes. that gives us pause, uh, saying that, well, you know, if there's, if there's unrest or civil war in Syria, almost on the border of it in Egypt, maybe a fight over Iran and closing down of the, of the Gulf to oil, we would have expected a flight to gold to push it much higher than where it is today. So you think to yourself, well, if it, those aren't affecting us as I, as I thought of, I'd better go to a secondary level where I'm doing a much better assessment of my investment potentials rather than li- relying on the government to protect me or relying on gold to protect me from the government. Okay, uh, that's, uh, that is uh, uh, yeah, interesting. You covered a number of key points, and I think you make the uh, uh, point very well that that could be part of the explanation why we are seeing that uptick in gold. But as you said, we would have expected it a lot higher, uh, and that's why I've been more optimistic on gold than uh, I should have been over the last few years. But nonetheless, uh, at least at least we're seeing that uptick now, uh, small compared to what we'd expect, but at least it's there. Uh, let me let me hit you with uh, question number five. Uh, and we talked a little bit about this with the movements that took place at least over the last five years. Is there a correlation of gold prices with the stock market? Uh, there is, because they, they are. Uh, each of them offers the alternative to the other. So in general terms, when the economy is doing well, um, stocks pay more dividends. As the companies earn more money, their stock price rises in the expectation that these things will continue. That alternative, just as you mentioned at the outset, um, dividend-paying stocks and a rising economy, you look at gold and you say, gee, I, I even pay to hold it in my bank vault. I get no income every year, and I'm subject to the same type of speculation risk that I am with equities. I'm better off with a dividend-paying stock. So a stock market that is doing well is a good alternative to gold, when the stock market is doing poorly, people are more willing to look at gold as an alternative because they're unhappy with what they see in the stock market. Okay. All right. That's a fair point, and that probably kind of explains a little bit of my, my strategy recently of, of seeing the risk in the stock market increases uh, as the prices go up and, and switching into gold, and, and so far that's been working pretty well. Uh, but uh, how about on the bond market? Any correlation with the bond market? Well, uh, again, bonds and stocks are generally seen as an alternative to each other. The right. more conservative investor has a balance uh, between bonds and stocks. They hold, uh, regardless of the time, they hold 40 to 60 percent in bonds, thinking that they're they're risk they're less risk uh, mm-hmm. uh, than than stocks, and they return a dividend. But in times of inflation, which you are now entering, bonds are a high risk. So I'm advising people, uh, and I had it in, in one of my prior books, um, uh, a quotation from the uh, the movie, I uh, uh, forget, Humphrey Bogart made a movie, Gold of the okay. Sierra Madre. And in one okay. of them, the uh, Mexican bandits come up to them and tell, them, they tell uh, you, uh, Humphrey to come out 
and that they're the police. And uh, Humphrey says to them, if you're the, the police, wear your badges. And the bandit replies, we got no stinking badges. Well, my headline was, we got no stinking bonds. Because at this go. time, bonds are entering a very uh, great downturn. Inflation, which has been under wraps because of QE printing of money, is about to bump up. And inflation and bond prices move in opposite directions. So I'm mm-hmm. expecting that inflation will pick up and bond prices are going to drop. And people who have been holding and very happy with bonds over the last decade are now in a position where they're going to have to switch. So there's going to be a lot of money coming into the stock market, money into gold, money into real estate. There you go. All right. That's, that is exactly. We're in sync on that one uh, fully. And, and again, having that mix in your portfolio and maybe allocating between them is, is kind of what uh, the uh, Ten Commandments of Investing would tell us. Now, on the surface, here's the easiest of the ten questions. And yet, uh, I want to make sure that listeners hear it from you. The question number seven was, does gold provide a hedge for inflation? Gold does and is generally seen as an alternative. When inflation takes part or, or, or takes place, you look to assets that retain their value. And traditionally, over a long term, gold, you'd better off having gold coins than you were most other commodities. But there is a there has been a commodity boom. You've seen that with yes. oil and now we're seeing it with food inflation. But what, what you can do, and you remember the, the story of the Weimar Republic in Germany sure. where people had a, a barrel full of paper money to get a, a loaf of bread. If right. you had gold coins, that didn't trouble you. The gold would still buy the bread and often multiples of the original price. So gold is seen as a hedge against inflation. If inflation rears its head, as I expect it is going to be in the next few years, uh, then people will go to gold only for that, not to see themselves as making wild profits, but to say mm-hmm. to themselves, I have to protect myself. I cannot rely on the government and my pension protecting me. I rely on my own uh, judgment, and my judgment is to have a portion of my assets in gold that I can pick up, take down, and exchange for goods. And likely, as as we've seen in the past, uh, and you can do that with, the, there's, a, uh, I think, a chart on the Internet, what the Dow Jones meant in gold. If you had held the, the gold, oh, the Dow Jones would become cheaper and cheaper for you. So gold do, does retain its, its value, and over time, it's a great offset for inflation. And remember, inflation is also for the, pol- the politician's friend. They can pump up the economy, give you the feeling of wealth, but they are really robbing you at the same time. And your bracket, your your income appears to rise, but you really push yourself into a higher tax bracket, and the money goes down to Washington. Correct. Now, let me just uh, give you the contrarian view, the kind of the armchair economist. This is not my sure. view, but uh, uh, the, the armchair economist would say, hey, the government statistics all show no sign of inflation, and then as rising interest rates start kicking in, that'll keep inflation even lower because it'll slow the economy so that we won't see any inflation, therefore we don't need to, to invest in gold. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, here's my prediction, and again, because you archive your shows, people mm-hmm. will see this. I believe that inflation, which has been kept low artificially because of the, the QE, the necessary mm-hmm. um, aspect to save the, the, uh, the economy itself, is now coming to an end. Inflation returns, 
and inflation eats away at everyone's values. Your house appears to be getting um, a greater value, but in, in effect, if you if you had to trade it for bread or, or apples or, or whatever, you're right. not seeing that value. So that robs you. Now, what's the alternative? I think the alternative is gold, and I think rising inflation will push people into gold, and that that um, uh, bargain between gold and the price of just about anything is going to favor gold. So inflation is not the friend of any investor. Inflation robs us all. To protect yourself, you're going to need gold. You'll see the price of gold arise, be, not that that uh, anything significant is happening other than the rate of inflation shows us that we have to go to other alternative investments, which, of course, are your specialty. Correct, and that's clearly what we've been trying to forewarn people, especially on the bond market, uh, with that. Uh, let's, let's uh, even though we've covered a little bit of it, let's officially cover uh, question, keep question number eight. How has gold performed recently? Well, recently we, we, we've been very happy. <laughs> it depends on what you mean by recently. Recent, it was there you $1,900 go. two years ago. It's $1,400 today, or just about $1,400. On that two-year period, it, it's declined. But prior to that, we had a dramatic rise. We made a lot of money in gold when it went to 1900 We sold out of the speculative stocks. We're at a turn again. So in the last six weeks, gold has had, I think you mentioned, 16% rise. Well, that's, that's pretty decent over a year, let right. alone a, f- a few weeks. And right. I'm predicting that that is going to continue. Uh, there's always momentum in the market. P- uh, things favor a continuation of, of what has happened in the past. So this movement back to gold is happening. You've seen the big investors, Soros and Paulson, have lessened or almost eliminated their gold positions, and that was done at the height of gold, and Mm -hmm. now we're at the bottom when people should be moving back in. They've just sold out. So there's a good contrarian indication. Also, and again, uh, dealing with manipulations, the central banks, as the price of gold was rising almost to its height, central banks were buying. Again, a contrary indication. They were in and out at the wrong times. They're now in at $1,900, and you have a chance today to be in at 1400 I think you've got to take advantage of that situation. Okay. Uh, and then uh, last two, these get a little bit easier for you since uh, I think they're pretty clearly defined. Question number nine was, do you have to be an accredited investor? No, absolutely not. Or, you know, uh, I mean... It's lovely for me when somebody phones up and says, "I have a million dollars, you know, sure. and I'll pay you to to give <laughs> to give me advice." But I think my book, the the Gold Investor's Handbook, the, and with the full title is AMP Gold and Precious Metals Portfolio. That's mm-hmm. really aimed at the average investor, uh, the guy that that goes to work every morning at nine o'clock, comes home at five, turns on the news, and gets sick <laughs> what he sees. So. I'm saying for the very smallest investor, whether you may have only a few thousand dollars to invest and you want to set some of that money as insurance, it's into a gold stock or, or gold coins. Gold coins, you can get a reputable uh, coinage right from the U.S. Mint or the Canadian Mint, mm-hmm. uh, very easy to acquire. So I, I think it, it has a, a place for everyone who has an amount of money to invest 
beyond what they spend every, every month. And I think there's a place for it for everyone. And I deal mostly with, with if you want to just call the plain average Joe, the guy who, who is working today, saving for the future, a little bit concerned about what is going to happen to investment, and therefore looking at gold as, as a, an alternative, even though uh, if you don't own the Gold Investor Handbook, at least you have a, a start at you must educate yourself. And that's a, as good a start as I know. And also, as we touched on, the gold is a, a good complement to the bond and stock that uh, somebody might have in their portfolio, right. and hopefully so less bonds. So for the bonds. most sophisticated investor, they're required to own gold. They're required cool. to own gold shares. It just it isn't reasonable to not have that in your portfolio. Okay, and then question number 10 we covered right at the beginning, but why don't we just uh, touch on that very briefly, maybe giving the, the highlights. What are the different ways to invest in gold? All right. Uh, there is a scale, just as you might have your own gold pyramid, just as you discussed the investment mm-hmm. pyramid. Okay. That's so I would start. I would start at the bottom, and I would own outright some gold coins, put away in a safety deposit box as absolute insurance. You know, you can put um, thousands of dollars in in a very small um, container and carry it with you if it if the world comes to that. The next level is ETFs. There are excellent ETFs, the spiders in uh, gold, and there are ETFs in uh, in just about any sector you want. That gives you a wide variety of stocks without having done the the great um, effort of diversifying your portfolio. So if you're a smaller investor with a few thousand dollars, start with the ETF. Don't start with individual stocks where you're you're putting only you only hold one or two stocks and they have to do well or your portfolio doesn't do well. Go to an ETF. You move up from there, then I would go to the the biggest names, the best names, and for me, mm-hmm. Barrick is number one. As big as it is, seven million ounces of production a year. You can imagine when when the when the price of gold moves from fourteen hundred to fifteen hundred dollars, it's seven million times 100 ounces. That's the kind of money that they're going to be making in the next few years, adding to their bottom line. And then uh, you can drill down to the smaller stocks, and still, as I said at the outset of it, I'm looking at stocks that are producing mines Mm -hmm. at a low cost with good management. And in my book, as I said, I've got a selection for you of over 70 uh, individual companies as well as the ETFs uh, to look at. So you will have a hundred different choices. Do your homework. They're just excellent values in today's market. Okay, and then that most speculative top level of that a gold pyramid, I like your analogy there, the, uh, would the be most those exploration stocks. Are, there are exploration stocks, stocks that are looking for the next big mine. And there are right. some, I mean, and I, I admit that there are, there are a lot of good stocks that are in wonderful positions around the world, look for the ones that are in stable economic climates. And we have in Canada a host of companies in a democratic, and in the Americas too, in a democratic country, a country ruled by law and ruled by property rights, not having to deal with the Abergans of the the world or the Tajikistans and worrying about dictatorships uh, 10,000 miles from home. And uh, one of the stocks I'd recommended in the past, several years ago, uh, was hit. It was in in Egypt, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. uh, on 
from Monday to Tuesday, they decided that nowhere we're withdrawing the mining permit. And then, of course, there are riots. And uh, Lord knows uh, how you protect yourself when your asset is in the middle of a, of a civil war. So there are lots of, even on the speculative level, there are ways of reducing your risk by going to better companies, better management in democracies. Very good point. Now, for the listeners that just tuned in, you're listening to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. If you missed earlier part of the show, you can listen to the, the, uh, that portion on the archive. Or if you missed prior shows, the archives are wealthdna.us. Today, our guest is Jack A. Bass, one of the top economists in Canada, a management consultant and an expert in the topic of investing in gold. And by the way, most gold and silver mining exploration companies are registered in Canada must be a coincidence. Uh, Jack, in an earlier show, I mentioned that the mining stocks and even the exploration stocks will likely lag the recovery in, in, in gold prices or, of course, lag a decline. Uh, but on the other hand, that they will tend to move more dramatically than uh, the price of gold. Would you agree with me on that one? I, I agree with you. And, and, and uh, what we're seeing now also, and I mentioned, I think I touched on it earlier, is there is price inflation in getting a mine into production. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and on the speculation side, the, this is the statistic. 10,000 companies, only one of which out of 10,000 will actually become a producing mine. So when wow. you're looking at hickle, pickle, nickel, the likelihood is 10,000 to one. And I urge people, don't buy lottery tickets. Mm-hmm. That isn't investing. It isn't even gambling. That that is just throwing your money away. So, uh, if you've got the Gold Investor's Handbook, my book, and you're you're inclined to throw a dart, um, really you're you're wasting your time even buying the book or reading it, because your intention is not uh, what I look to is intelligence applied to information applied mm-hmm. to the selection of a portfolio. So you're, instead of investing, you're speculating if you're getting into some of those uh, small exploration talks. Okay, fair, fair, that, fair That's point. right. People, yeah, people think that, and they, they hear this, my uh, cousin's brother's barber's son uh, put in $1,000 <laughs> in hickle, pickle, nickel, and became a millionaire. That doesn't happen. What happens is, unfortunately, uh, a lot of fraud in Canada in these small stocks, the pump-and-dump schemes, these right. newsletters that you get for nothing, that are uh, really, they're paid to publicize particular companies. People go in and they lose everything. Yeah, no, the boiler room, uh, definitely. Uh, I'm hoping we can keep you a little bit longer, Jack, because I've, I've uh, still got a number of very key questions, and I don't want to, sure. uh, you know, kind of uh, find that you're going to leave me right away. So hopefully you can you can stay with us an extra five sure. plus minutes today. Uh, okay. You mentioned some of the stocks you like, obviously the bigger names, the, the producers. Are there some of those miners you are staying away from? And I'll pick an example in my own portfolio. I've owned uh, Anglo Gold, Ashanti, uh, the, the nice symbol AU. Uh, it's done pretty poorly. Should I hang on to that one or should I switch no, some, get rid some of, of the others? Okay. Don't, you know, there, there's, a, there's a psychology. You can read books on psychology. We have a tendency of holding on to things that we know aren't doing us any good. Uh, for right. example, and, I, and I do this myself, even knowing that. You, you have 1,000 shares, and what you do is you, you sell 500. And then it keeps going worse. And instead of selling the rest, you sell 200. <laughs> and you end up following it down. So right. 
when something turns against you, you have so many good alternatives. Get rid of the stock, go to something else. I myself made a terrific mistake. I went into Colossus Minerals, which was uh, to open a mine in this uh, half of 2013. And a couple of months ago, they announced that it had water flooding problems, and the stock dropped overnight. I had I had gone with it. I had bought it at seventy or eighty cents and run up to a hundred a dollar twenty dollar thirty. They announced the flooding. It dropped back to seventy eighty cents. I sold everything. I just took my medicine and went on. Now um, there are stocks like that you want to avoid. Take a look just there at an alternative I mentioned before. B two gold business B two gold as management that bought a mine in Indonesia on a stock exchange. So for the exchanging of their shares, they acquired an additional 200,000 ounces a year. That type of savvy management is what you want to go for. And where management has failed itself, you you get rid of the stock. Now, in Barrick's case, if you have sold out, you can now buy back at 20 instead of having ridden it down from 40 to 20. When right, the bad news right. came, you get out and, and take your wounds. And it is experience, as you said, at the outset of the show. Correct. But go beyond it. And don't hang on in, in the hopes that someday it will return. It, it does not return. That, that's not the way the world works. That is magical thinking. And magic isn't going to help your portfolio. I appreciate that. I want to go back to something you started to touch on, which is kind of this conspiracy theory, which I'm not a big fan of in general. Uh, H.L. Quest, who's been a repeat guest on this show, has uh, uh, been a big fan of gold and has been uh, underwhelmed by the uh, decline and the uh, uh, underperformance of gold in the last few years and, and truly believes, especially what we've seen in the early part of 2013 with gold prices dropping pretty dramatically in certain days, uh, that there is something going on between various governments and the big banks to drive down the price of gold, possibly to show that inflation is low, uh, and also to s- discourage uh, folks from taking physical delivery on their futures contracts, that they would just take their lumps and, and, and uh, you know cash out of uh, declining futures contracts. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? You know, the, the, the fact is that... Uh uh, as an economist and as a uh, stock market student, uh, I wonder if that is happening. I read Eric Sprott and his uh, manager, Emberly. They are big on conspiracy theories, or Jim, uh, Jim Dimes, I think it's Jim Sinclair. Sorry, Jim Sinclair, uh, big on, on conspiracy as well. But the fact is that uh, uh, we haven't any evidence of that. We look at the charts and we think, well, that's where they sold, and that's where these these monsters from Switzerland entered in and grabbed my portfolio. But it's reasonable to say to yourself that there are, when the tide turns, uh, you wonder uh, if if governments which have um, a virtual uh, printing presses on a limited supply of money can be manipulated if that's what they desire. Uh, I I don't know. I, I frankly don't know. Mm-hmm. And you'd think that if uh, the central banks were so clever, they wouldn't have been buying when gold was sixteen, seventeen, eighteen hundred, uh, and they did buy, and they're stuck with it today. So I don't. I I'm just. I just don't see the evidence of it. But I do know with the LIBOR, when the LIBOR rate uh, hit 
the newspapers, we saw the world's largest banks uh, absolutely collaborating, absolutely illegal right. to make money for themselves. And when there's money to be made, there are people who are going to be gaming the system. So it's reasonable to expect that there's some amount of that going on. But the degree that is going on or how, if they can, I don't think they can manipulate it like a yo-yo. But the central, the central bankers do get together. They set policy together. So it's reasonable to, to say that even if it's not a conspiracy, that they are all sitting around the table saying, well, we all agree that we will not be buying gold this month, or we all agree that, well, and this is what they've done. They've limited their sales. They've limited their availability. The big uh, issue for me now is whether these... Um, Gold funds actually contain the gold they say they do. And that's why I urge people, uh, if they can, is to place it in their own hands, in their own bank vault. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that is one of the uh, that's uh, one of those aspects I was going to touch on, is that there clearly is, doesn't seem to be a strong correlation between the uh, amount of physical gold versus some of the leasing contracts and everything else going on that would kind of support that the amount of gold out there that is advertised may not really be there. Uh, but then one other bit of evidence, and maybe it's not manipulation, it's just a separate policy decision, but it does affect the price of gold some way, is, for example, India saying uh, we're going to restrict the amount of imports of gold, and India is one of the biggest importers of gold around the world. So, yes, but they, uh, have, know, they have another problem in that their economy uh, suffers when it's a tradition in India uh, in the wedding season if you've seen pictures of the ladies, they're decorated. It's a sign of, of the wealth of the family and of the prestige to decorate with gold. Some of them have moved to diamonds. But that, that uh, tradition demands that they buy gold, and they buy it. It doesn't matter what the price is. They may restrict it because the price went to 1900 But at the lower price, they were buying a lot of it, and that affects India because there was a tremendous outflow of money from the economy into the gold mining economies, and they try to restrict this with taxation or levies. So it's it's limited to a degree because uh, right after they did that, the price of gold dropped quite dramatically. So people were even with the taxation were still able to buy their gold. And if it is your tradition that at a wedding your daughter is decorated with gold, you will buy gold. You will One not consult the, the central bank. That's exactly right. Correct. Now I understand there's some recycling going on and, and, and reworking of, of, of gold pieces to try to uh, meet some of that market demand. Uh, Jack, yeah, not only in India, you can see it on oh, on every oh, television sure. set in America. <laughs> oh well, heck yeah! You go to the networking sessions. There's always somebody buying gold, uh, old gold jewelry, which you know, fine if it's sitting around, you might as well sell it and get some cash out of it. That's right. Uh, I would do it at, when the price is a little higher than it is now, but that's another story. Uh, now, give us your bottom line recommendation: investing gold. Here we are, August of 2013. If you had to put it in one of three words: buy, sell, or hold, uh, which would it be? And is that a long-term or a short-term recommendation? It's buy, and the term that I'm looking for is over the next three years. There's Excellent. going to be a rise in the price of gold. Uh, the better miners are going to do very well. You will do well with them. There are miners that pay dividends. There are miners whose management is superior and is adding to their production, which adds to their bottom line. Take my book, The Gold Investor's Handbook, available to Amazon. Make your picks and make your money. 
Well, you just mentioned another good point. I, I think I touched on it in my, my summary when we talked about gold, is that uh, gold itself is the commodity, but then the stock, the gold stocks, also will follow the stock market up as well. So you're playing both the gold price and uh, a rise in the economy by investing in some of those gold mining stocks. So that is kind of a blend. It's not a pure – buying a gold stock is not necessarily banking strictly on the price of gold. You are also in That's the stock right. market. And I mentioned to you, uh, Ron, before we went on the air – I am seeing a, um, the economy is slowly recovering. The stock market is going to do better in the future, and this will do better for all sectors. I'm looking at the shipping sectors as a revival on the world economy, but I think gold and the superior companies in the gold sector are going to do very well. Okay, fair point. Uh, let's remind our uh, listeners how they get more information about Jack Bass and some of the uh, things you're uh, recommending, of course, about your books and some of your blogs. Let's get those uh, those names back out. So the first was Jack Bass Team, so you the spelling of your J-A-C-K, and then .com, of course, J-A-C-K-B-A-S-S-T-E-A-M. And I assume Team stands for Together Everyone Achieves More. Absolutely. Uh, they, uh, I, I knew that. You're probably you're probably going to add that to your web page if you don't already have it. Uh, and then the others, the others start with AMP, A-M-P as in That's the right. – uh, So there's the AMP2012.com, which is the general stock market blog, AMPGoldPortfolio.com, which is specialized in gold stocks, mm-hmm. and my books, the Apprentice Millionaire Portfolio and the um, – AMP uh, Gold Investors Handbook is avail- are both are available from Amazon.com. And very important, I'll just repeat, the AMP for, uh, the in essence, the name of that book. So that's the letters if, uh, if somebody doesn't hear them clearly on the, right. uh, the replay. Uh, we've covered a lot of ground today on what I consider the top ten questions, plus a lot more on your, your uh, views of gold. Are there other comments on gold investing or other aspects of investing that uh, we should still touch on? You know, I, I, uh, Ron, if I can leave you with this, and, and mm-hmm. I know it's a bit off topic, but uh, what I touched on is um, it's so important when you, you examine the economy than the sectors that are going to do well. I mm-hmm. think not only gold, but I'm looking at shipping sectors are terrifically beat up. There are stocks that are selling as if they were going to go bankrupt tomorrow, but the economy of the world is reviving. So there's a sector that is extremely built up, beat up rather, and there are excellent stocks available um, to an investor right at the bottom of the cycle. And what we're seeing in gold is I think there's a turn in the market. The $1,400 is going to be breached. When it passes that, a terrific amount of media attention comes to the price of gold and comes to gold sectors, and people who have been out of the market or never in gold start putting their money in gold stocks. So I think we have a wonderful opportunity in both those sectors. Okay, very interesting. I've been starting to study some of the shippers of uh, LNG, liquefied natural gas, since uh, the U.S. for the first time, and I didn't realize had held this up, wouldn't allow exports of uh, LNG. There's primarily been imports, but as that sector grows, whoever is shipping the stuff, whether they're shipping it in or out, uh, should also do well. So interestingly, we're both looking at the shipping sector. I happen to look at that one uh, little niche uh, initially, but I will broaden my uh, search based on your, your comments. I think it's a fair point. The economy gets moving. As banks start lending, the economy will get moving. 
uh, and with that, the shipping sector is a very good point, uh, should do pretty well. Now, I haven't had a chance to read your book, The Apprentice Millionaire Portfolio. I plan to, uh, and I would like to get you back on to discuss that book and some of the key lessons. I'm sure you do follow the uh, uh, the three-step process you touched on at the beginning of the show, but uh, would you be willing to rejoin us and talk a little bit a- about absolutely, uh, that? Absolutely, anytime. I really enjoyed our conversation. I really appreciate your being here, Jack. Thank you for being with us a little bit longer. Uh, we covered a lot. I think some very, very important advice. And uh, looking at that three-year horizon, I'm with you 100%. I don't have a, a truck to back up to buy gold, but I will be backing up the sedan to, to buy some more. Uh, I do appreciate all of your um, uh, you know, good words and the uh, solid answers to those uh, 10 key questions we provided as well. Well, Thank well I you hope for being we've uh, enlightened your audience and, and uh Appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you again. All right. Thank you, Jack. Take care. Now, look, we've covered a lot of aspects of investing in gold and did it in such an organized fashion. I won't try to summarize it. Let me just add a few points. I agree that every investor should have a portion of their portfolio in gold. And as you take profits in stocks and in the bond market, the current gold prices give you an attractive price to enter or add to your portfolio. Now, Jack Bass, who follows the gold market far more than I does, I do, um, his recommendation is to allocate 10 to 25% of your portfolio, depending on your uh, risk preference, with 10% kind of being the insurance aspect, and uh, both in gold and in precious metals. And now he is increasingly optimistic that the next three years will be very positive. Now, recall, recall my earlier question when I talked to you about having a bad month and whether a bad month makes gold a safer or better investment than rental real estate. As I mentioned, they both have risk, but I didn't tell you a few other key considerations that hopefully you came up with as you're thinking about the show. Gold is clearly more of a passive investment than owning rental properties and easier to own in a small portfolio. You can't put rental property in a safe deposit box, nor can you buy it really if you have less than $50,000 available. Both owning gold and rental properties accomplish three key positives for your portfolio, and that's the other aspect. There are some real positives both bring. They both bring diversification and hedges to your declines in stocks and bonds, which uh, will happen. They both hedge inflation, and neither goes to zero, even in the worst of times. Now, in my view, you should have both of those in your portfolio. Someone with a small portfolio should have gold, as uh, Jack had uh, mentioned as well. And as you accumulate more assets, you should consider using some cheap bank mortgages to invest directly in real estate. How do you do that? Well, we, of course, have a number of shows, at least five of them in the archive, to help guide you, if in doubt send me an email. And finally, I recommend reading a copy of the Gold Investor's Handbook, uh, the AMP uh, Gold Investor's uh, Guide, and the Apprentice Millionaire Portfolio, which certainly beat any program on TV. Now, in case you missed it, I was very careful in the wording I just used. I said I recommend reading a copy. I didn't say buying a copy. Buying a copy, putting it on your bookshelf, may raise the perception of you in the eyes of those people that visit your office, but it certainly won't increase your wealth DNA. Reading those books will. Now, in our upcoming shows, we'll have experts in commodities, forex trading, and a guest to share some insights on the education most financial advisors and financial planners have in these alternative investments. And a reminder, one of the best ways to increase your wealth is to tune into this show twice a month. We'll share the investment fundamentals, some great ideas, and help diversify and grow your portfolio. Today, a good example. The next Wealth DNA radio show, 
will be in uh, the, the second Monday of September. That is Monday, September 9th, 9 a.m. Arizona. And uh, that is, of course, the same place and same time. Now, as soon as we have the lineup of guests and topics, you'll find them on wealthdna.us, where you also find the archive of past shows. Now, if you have some comments on today's show, suggestions, additional questions, questions that you couldn't get through the, the chat window today, uh, or if you're not receiving emails about the show, send me an email, ron at wealthdna.us. We'll keep you show, posted about future shows and events and try to answer your questions as quickly as we can. Happy investing. And that just might include selling stocks and bonds and adding to your holdings in alternative investments like gold and maybe even real estate. You've been listening to Wealth DNA with Ron Naraki on Arizona Boomer Radio. Arizona Boomer Radio is produced by the Boomer and the Babe Incorporated and can be heard Monday through Friday. You can sign up for their online magazine at boomerandthebabe.com. To reach the Boomer and the Babe, email host at boomerandthebabe.com or friend them on facebook.com slash boomerandbabe. And on Blog Talk, you can friend them at blogtalkradio.com slash boomerandbabe. Follow their tweets at twitter.com slash boomerandbabe. Be sure to make the second half of your life the best half of your life. And remember, at 50, you're just getting started. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.